I'm Governor Larry Hogan. Our state is taking unprecedented and aggressive actions in the fight to stop the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic here in Maryland. As you know, I recently issued a stay-at-home directive to ensure that no Marylander leaves his or her home unless it is for an essential job or for an essential purpose. I know how difficult this is on each and every one of you. There's a great deal of fear and anxiety. And the truth is that none of us really know how bad this is going to get or how long it's going to last. But I can promise you that there are a great many dedicated people doing tremendous things, working around the clock, and doing their very best to help keep Marylanders safe. In the days to come, we're going to need to depend on each other, to look out for one another, and to take care of each other, because we are all in this together, and we will get through this together. This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, keeping you informed about the happenings in Annapolis and the area. Local news, local sports, local events, local opinion, and of course, local weather. The Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief starts now. Good morning. It's Wednesday, May 6th, 2020. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Hey, some good news for commuters over to the eastern shore. The Maryland Transportation Authority announced yesterday that the bridge's electronic tolling system is going to go live next Tuesday, May 12th. This was a big push by Governor Larry Hogan. And with all electronic tolling, drivers don't need to stop at the toll booths. They're collected by an overhead gantry, which is basically just a big pole with a sensor on it that will read your easy pass as you go under it. Or if you don't have an easy pass, it'll take a video of you going under and you'll get your license plate and you'll get a bill in the mail. Now, you do want to get an Easy Pass because the video tolling is going to cost you a little bit money. An Easy Pass will cost you $250 to get over, and if you're on a special discount plan, it can cost you as little as $1.40. A video toll will initially cost you $4, but it is going to go up to $6 as soon as the state of emergency is lifted. They do have two additional options. They've got an early payment discount, which I don't really understand, but that's $5.10, and a pay-by plate. So you can actually register your license plate, and when it does do the video tolling, it's $4, but you do need to send your $4 in prior to them sending you the bill asking for $4. In the statement that they released yesterday, they said that during the non-summer months, 90% of the Bay Bridge drivers already use an Easy Pass, and overall, 74% of drivers use Easy Pass. That seems like an incredibly high number to me. And then it also begs the question is, why were we using toll booths for this long? Seems you could have gotten rid of 90% of the toll booths. Speaking of getting over to the Eastern Shore, Ocean City is getting ready to open up their beaches and boardwalk this Saturday. According to Mayor Rick Meehan, he said this is sort of a uh, test run to transition to more smoothly from small crowds to much larger ones as Memorial Day weekend and summer approaches. He did say that social distancing guidelines are still going to be enforced. Non-essential businesses along the boardwalk are going to remain closed. And this is essentially for local residents. However, I'm not sure how they can enforce that. Ocean City does have 7,100 residents. They do attract 8 million visitors annually, with the majority of them coming no kidding, in the summer months. Worcester County does not have that many COVID cases. They only have a confirmed count of 81 at this point. It will be interesting to see how this works out in a few weeks. 
Some surprising news out of Baltimore. The Institute of Notre Dame is shutting down after 173 years. Now, this is Maryland's oldest all-girls prep school. As I said, it's 173 years old. It's a Catholic high school, and it's going to close because of declining enrollment and aging infrastructure as well as a drop in financial support and pledges from major donors. Notably, this school graduated House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, as well as retired U.S. Senator Barbara Mikulski. 173 years, man, that's a lot of time. All right, today is your last day to get your burrito, and it's a burrito for beds. It's the seventh annual Burritos for Beds to benefit the Samaritan House. It is an online fundraiser that went from May 1st through May 6th. It used to be in person at Chevy's Fresh Mex on Route 2, but because of the COVID situation, they went virtual this year. Basically, what you do is you go to SamaritanHouseAnnapolis.org, click on the Donate button, click on the General Operating Fund, and make any kind of a donation. Check the box, share your mailing address, and they will send you a free coupon via U.S. mail for a Chevy's Fresh Mech steak, chicken, or veggie burrito. They can't give you the real burrito, but they'll give you the coupon for it. It is good for curbside pickup or carryout, or you can hang on to it and sit down and eat it in the restaurant when they do reopen. Samaritan House is a great local organization supporting men with addiction and recovery. Once again, SamaritanHouseAnnapolis.org. And finally, as we wrap up, if you ever told me I was going to do a podcast and in a half hour, I would be talking about the census, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and Philadelphia cheesesteaks. I tell you, you're nuts. But boy, it happened. And it was with State Senator Mary Washington out of Baltimore. It was one of the best podcasts I've done. We had so much fun on this, laughing, sort of reminiscing because we're both from Philadelphia. We're both about the same age, but it was really a lot of fun. That podcast does drop at noon. It is a bonus podcast, so you want to make sure that you're checking that out. And if you haven't done the census, you need to do the census. Need to be counted. It is so important for us. You'll find out why if you listen to the podcast. You'll also find out about a little initiative to bring the Rocky Horror Picture Show back. I'm going to hold her to the fire on that one. All right, that does wrap it up for the day. Please make sure you're checking out ionanapolis.net for updates to these stories and more as they come in throughout the day. If you're someplace you can leave us a rating or a review, please do that as well. Let your friends, family, and colleagues know how to get a podcast and how to subscribe to this one. You want to hang tight? We've got an election coming up, and I have some thoughts. They're going to be coming up in a little bit. But first, we've got George with your local DMV weather forecast, who will be coming up right after this message from Solar Energy Services. Hello, Marylanders. This is Rick Peters from Solar Energy Services in Millersville, Maryland, wishing you good health and a rapid return to prosperity. Uncertainty is one of the hardest parts of our current situation. As we move towards our new normal, you may want to consider adding more certainty to your financial future by locking in the low cost of clean solar energy. The economics of solar are tremendous, and there's no better source than a trusted team at Solar Energy Services. Residential solar projects typically earn the homeowner 8 to 12% annually over the life of the system, with even better returns for commercial systems. If you have some downtime now, take advantage of our powerful remote design capabilities, allowing one of our experienced solar designers to provide a presentation, followed by a detailed, accurate proposal, all from a safe distance. Call us today at 410-923-6090 or visit us at solarsaves.net. Sunshine's a waste, but together we'll get through this. Sunshine, sunshine, nothing else can make me feel so fine. Going out? You need the most up-to-date local weather. Here's George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis with today's forecast. 
Hey everyone, this is George with Game Weather, and this is your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Wednesday, May 6th. After three warm days for the Annapolis region, yesterday brought a return to below average temps with cool highs in the mid to upper 50s or maybe even lower 60s in spots. And today will be even a bit cooler with highs in the 50s and plenty of clouds and some rain showers as well with the expectation for below average temperatures to last through much of this week and weekend and possibly even much of next week as well with daily high temps some 5 to 15 plus degrees below the average highs in the low to mid 70s for this time of year. The upside, it won't be too rainy of a stretch with only today's showers as well as a chance for some passing showers this Friday in the forecast with plenty of sunshine otherwise. Okay, that's it for today. This is George Young of DMV Weather. Make it a great day out there. Stay healthy and be safe. And be sure to get our free app on all of your devices by searching DCMDVA Weather in the Apple or Google App Store. And also be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and use our website at dmdweather.com so you can always stay weather informed. This is Brian Griffiths, the founder of Maryland Podcast Month. Maryland Podcast Month was founded in 2018 to draw attention to all of the great podcasts and podcasters here in Maryland. And during this time of social distancing, there is no better time to start learning more about locally produced podcasts. Shows like my podcast, Red Maryland Radio, Eye on Annapolis, the Conduit Street Podcast, JB's Drive-In Podcast, the Maryland Crabs, Quality Time, the Society Fringe Players, and more are still putting out fresh content. Visit MarylandPodcastMonth.com to learn more about these great Maryland podcasts. That's MarylandPodcastMonth.com. And we thank you for your support of local content. So many different stories in the news, and everyone has an opinion. Here's ours. Well, check it out. Amid all this COVID talk, you might have missed that we are in the midst of an election, and a primary is coming up on June 2nd. Now, this is a delayed primary, and it is an unusual one in that you're likely not going to the polls and probably have already received a ballot in the mail. And there are some important races that you do need to consider. We've got the president, a U.S. representative in Congress, some delegates to the national political conventions, school board in a couple of the districts, but what I feel is the most important race on the ballot circuit court judges. Let me first say that the way that we handle judges here in Maryland is flawed. Judges are appointed and then need to be retained by popular vote in the next election. Sort of wonky, but that is what we have and we need to play by the rules until someone decides to change them. This time around, we're selecting four judges. Four of them were appointed by Governor Hogan after being recommended by a series of appointed panels, and there are two challengers to those four. Now, the bar to be a judge in Maryland is actually pretty low, I think. You need to be a U.S. citizen, at least 30 years old, registered to vote, live in Maryland for five years, and live in the district for six months, which you hope to represent, and also you need to be a lawyer allowed to practice in Maryland. That's about it. You don't even need to be a good lawyer, just a lawyer. Now, the four sitting judges have decided to form a slate and run as a group, all for one and one for all. They have pooled their funds to run and campaign to defeat the challengers. The question that comes to my mind time and time again is why would anyone want to elect a group to the bench? If I am appearing before the circuit court, it's probably for something serious, a serious criminal offense, a divorce, children's cases, serious, big, large civil cases, pretty much anything but minor traffic offenses. In nearly every election, we hear about diversity, and I agree, we do need diversity on the bench. So, Why do we want to select four judges that admittedly have a common bond? 
We know that one of the bonds is that they're all judges appointed by the same governor and garnered favor from the committee people that sent the name to the governor. But what else do they have in common? Are they all one political party? Do they share the same biases? Are they all conservative, all liberal, pro-choice, pro-life? It's hard to say, but they are connected in some way, likely more than just the fact that they're all judges. Now, the four judges that we elect will be seated on the bench for 15 years. So this is a very important election. 15 years. Think about that. Or if they hit 70 years old, they get bounced out. But still, that's an awful long time. They make $164,000 a year for now, and I'm sure that gets increased as time goes on. But they're tasked with deciding what amounts to life and death decisions to residents of Anne Arundel County. All residents of Anne Arundel County, the rich ones, the poor ones, the white ones, the black ones, the brown ones, documented, undocumented, guilty, and innocent. Why do you want a group of people with a common bond making those decisions? Some will say that the four sitting judges have experience. Well, not so fast. Three of them were appointed in late 2018 and will have 20 months experience each when the primary rolls around. The fourth was appointed in December 2019. So that's six months. Of course, less the time that the courts were shut down due to the COVID pandemic. We don't even have a track record to go on for these judges. There is a website called robingroom.com that ranks judges, and all four are too new to have any rankings. There is no report card available to the public for us to decide. Based on that, maybe we need to pick them like some people pick their favorite football teams with the coolest jerseys. But seriously, without any realistic background available on the incumbents who are running as a team, my suggestion is to vote for at least one challenger to the slate. Break it up. We might get a dog. We might not. But it is a crapshoot either way you look at it. By breaking up the slate, we are evening out the process just a little bit. Now, I have no doubt that all of the candidates are very well qualified. If they were running individually, I would know each would serve the county very well as independent thinkers without any shared commonality. And just so you know, in alphabetical order, Pamela Alban, Elizabeth Morris, Rob Thompson, and Rich Tronell are all running as the slate. That's the slate of the current judges. The two challengers are, again in alphabetical order, Wes Adams and Annette DeCesaris. When it comes time to fill out your ballot at home, remember, you have choices. You can vote for one, two, three, or four of them. And I suggest you just don't vote for the slate as it's presented to you. Take one, take two of your votes, and cast it for a challenger. Break up that little bit of a common bond and get some diversity on the bench. And that's what I'm thinking today. Whether it's a fire, a hurricane, or a virus, Annapolis comes together. We've done it time and time again. Because this is a town that gets it. A town that knows how to lift each other up when the world falls down. As we face this new challenge, I encourage our community to come together as we've always done. I'm Steve Samaras from Zachary's Jewelers. I pledge to lend a hand to support my family, my team, my neighbors, and the small businesses in our town. Together, let's do what we've always done. You've been listening to the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Tell your friends and colleagues this is the podcast where you can keep up on the latest with what's going on in Annapolis. And also tell them about our website, ionanapolis.net, where you can find even more information. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., keeping you informed with the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. And take a moment to listen to our other podcast, The Maryland Crabs, released every Thursday at noon.